welcome to the Fort Collins Fellows Podcast, from Colorado State University to New Belgium Brewery and the hundreds of miles of hiking and biking trails. Fort Collins has earned its well-deserved reputation as one of the top places to live in the United States. Join the fellows as they uncover the stories, places, and people that make Fort Collins so extraordinary. I am thrilled. This is a special guest. I mean, we Patrick, your wife with us today, and also top five all-time female athlete in the history of Colorado State University, Janae Sukup. Thank you for coming. Yeah, and for you. the record, you would beat him in a 100-yard dash. We all know that. <laughs> the, and the reason I bring that up is because my wife and I have a bet right now. She thinks she, she could beat me in a 100-yard dash. And Ooh, I, said, I no. want to see maybe, maybe there's a, a Fort Collins fellas event that we have to put on at some point. <laughs> oh, and my God. Those two go back to back and uh, some type of uh, wager is on the line. <laughs> feel like my ego would really get hurt if that happened, but it's Either okay. That or someone's hamstring. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> we, we, we did a, it was, what was it? At like one of our niece's birthdays last year, there was an obstacle course and I, I just got him. smoked. I, I mean, I, I would like to say there was some type of like slippage that happened, but regardless, <laughs> she came out of the tunnel and then like a, two seconds later, I came fumbling out. So, well, the, the good news is your kids aren't going to be competitive at all. I mean, that, yeah, <laughs> it will be, it'll be definitely interesting, which, you know, will be like, it's definitely something worth talking about here is like yeah. kids being raised in Fort Collins, Chris and myself, and I, and I've talked with Janae about this kids being raised in Fort Collins in a smaller, you know, city town that we were just talking with Scott about that may not have like the major opportunities that like somebody who grew up in Denver or like a Los Angeles or the exposure or ability to have these world-class coaches that, you know, could help you progress in your athletics if that was what you wanted. But, you know, Janae, why don't you give us a little background about like where you grew up in, uh, where, where you grew up and how you came to Fort Collins and how you came to be with such a goofy looking dude. <laughs> yeah, I think that's, that's the $64,000 question. <laughs> well, um, I'm a military brat. So my dad was in the Air Force. And so I moved around all over the place, but I was born in Florida at Tyndall Air Force Base. I lived there for seven years. And then I moved to Utah, lived there for five, I think, and then to Alaska and was there for all of my high school. And so I graduated from high school, was getting recruited because of track and field out there. I was mostly a basketball player, but I did do track and field, which is kind of my uh, my way and means of getting a, an education. And I got a scholarship to CSU. And um, it was kind of a history from there. So that's how I ended up out here at Colorado. So growing up, um, siblings, were you are you the only track and uh, field kind of, were you any other brothers or sisters doing any of that? Or you were the, I, bet, I mean, you're in Alaska, I guess. That's what, I didn't know that before we started. I'm like, Alaska, am I reading that correctly? Yeah, Alaska, you know, sports and stuff in general, Alaska is small there, but for the most part, they've got all the sports and events there. And um, mm-hmm. I was mostly a basketball player. I actually didn't even like track. It was just, I like to, compete, but I didn't want to run because who likes to run? Because it hurts. That's awful. <laughs> you know, so yeah, um, I tell that to my wife every day. And it doesn't get me anywhere. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So for me, you know, track was a means to an end. I, you know, I ended up getting a scholarship out to CSU and um, I ended up falling in love with the sport actually. So so, you, so you've been in Fort Collins for 20 years then, is that yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Since 2003, I've been here. What would you say has been the biggest thing that you've seen change in this town since you came here? 
I'd say if anything, it's just, it's exploded with the population. Just so many people, buildings going up everywhere, places that used to be just open spaces are now, you know, apartment complexes and new commercial buildings and all kinds of stuff. So I just feel like it's filling in for sure and definitely getting a lot more diverse as well. Yeah. I know my brother went to Colorado State and graduated in like, oh, five or oh six. Cause were you oh three? Is that right, Janae? I started in 03, actually. We started in 03. And Peter is always talking. He's like, man, I can't even, I don't even recognize the campus that much anymore. Yeah. Um, you know, just the new buildings that they put in there. Obviously, the stadium that they they built right that's, on the that stadium that they did was just like such a smart move because it's bringing people back to the campus. Like I've been in Fort Collins my entire life or Northern Colorado my entire life. But after I graduated in 2011, I didn't have any reason to go back besides like maybe a Sporting event here and there, but like the track uh, field is like kind of on the outskirts of campus. And so I didn't really have to go into the campus, but that, you know, stadium really has allowed people to explore what what growth CSU has had. And I mean, CSU is, you know, definitely grown, you know, gone there. And, and, you know, they just closed. I just the city of Fort College just bought the old uh, Hughes Stadium land. I think they just closed on that this week officially. So that's crazy. Yeah. Well, talk but, to us about Janae, when you, when you got here to Fort Collins, like what was like some things that maybe like you enjoyed were like, wow, opportunity, like wow events for you. Like when you got here in 2003, you know, is it, is it CSU that kept you here or talk to us about like what has allowed you to be here for 20 years? Well, first and foremost, friends, the friends that I made here kind of kept me here. They were actually a lot of the local folks. So my best friend is from Fort Collins, born and raised, went to Fort Collins High School. Obviously, I met you here. So that was one of the reasons why I stayed. But the community and the environment, I mean, it's beautiful out here. It's gorgeous. There's so many things to do outdoors. Um, CSU holds a lot of events in general. They have like concerts and things like that that kind of keeps you around that you want to stick around and be a part of, you know, the horse tooth is right up there for doing hiking, swimming, all the outdoor stuff. And I personally, I didn't grow up doing all that stuff. So being introduced to all of that while I was here was a big reason why I stayed as well, because I didn't know paddleboarding was a thing. And when I figured it out, <laughs> I was like, uh, yeah, take me paddleboarding. I yeah. want to dive off a rock into the horse tooth lake too. So um, a lot of outdoor stuff kind of kept me here as well. And then just the community in general. I like a college town. I like, you know, seeing the students. I like seeing it fill up with, you know, tons of people from all over the place. And then, you know, being around all these different people, it's, it's nice. I like yeah. it. Yeah. You know, I, I mean, Colorado State, I mean, it really is. I don't know if you'd call it the heartbeat of the town, but it kind of is, you know, it's, it's. Well, you know, Darren Adbury, when if you remember, if, yeah. he, if he made a comment, he said, if there's anybody who ever suggests that CSU is not the backbone of Fort Collins, they're crazy. Maybe the backbone. Yeah, that's a better way of putting it. But today, I kind of want to go, you know, so you got here in 2003, track and field. You came from Alaska. You know, I'd love to kind of get your take, like how it was being an athlete, coming to Fort Collins, coming to CSU. Now, a lot of things have changed. We can talk about the NIL stuff. And, you know, I mean, it's a different world in terms of college sports and athletics. But I'd love to kind of get your your thoughts. Like when you first got into CSU and, and you got acclimated to, you know, the university and Fort Collins and you were part of, you know, a big athletic program, you know, how was that, you know, kind of getting, you know, acclimated and, and adjusting to that? I think it was fairly easy, I think, in mm -hmm. terms of getting just acclimated and adjusted. Um, you come to a beautiful place. You've got people who are familiar with it and they're introducing you to all these activities and things that you can do. And then you have a team with you, you know. Yeah. 
your fellow, you know, athletes, track and field who are in the trenches with you. So you kind of just make this bond with people both on the track and then obviously with school and things like that. It was really easy to just get in and kind of fit in. You know, I attribute a lot of my feeling of home here because of my teammates and because of the people that were around me, my coaches, my support system. They were a lot of the reason why I loved it here and why there was really no reason for me to go anywhere else. It was. And do, you, do you think that was part of your success eventually getting to the Olympics, winning an Olympic medal? You oh, got You give a lot of credit to that kind of, you know, that support system that CSU gave you. Absolutely. You know, track and build is a pretty much an individual sport. So in some ways you're, you know, don't have a team in that sense. But when you are standing on the line and it's CSU and you've got one point to make and you're trying to win that, you know, Mount West Conference <laughs> Championship, they're yelling and they're screaming and they're giving you all of what you need in order to to just dig deep and find what you, you need to. Yeah, I'm getting like goosebumps just here. You say that. Push extra hard. So absolutely. They were, I attribute a lot of my success to the community around me, CSU in general, who's all, you know, very supportive in my career. So yeah, well, I think I have one question. I know a lot of personal information and, you know, I got, got about 15 years with you to know the background, <laughs> but there was an opportunity for you, probably the easiest opportunity for you to leave in your entire life or career was when your coach chose to take an opportunity to coach at Idaho. Mm-hmm. He, he was our, he was her long jump coach for her entire career at CSU after she went professional, became an Olympian, won a medal, even she, uh, he had an opportunity to leave and he did to go to Idaho, just kind of picked up his bags and left to Idaho. And she was still in the prime of her career. She did have an injury at that time. So she was kind of at this like inflection point of her career. Of like, do I continue? Uh, my coach has left. I have this major injury what do I do? And there wasn't too much. I mean, you, there was, a, I, I should say you owned a house at that time, but there wasn't a ton necessarily other than that, that was tying you to Fort Collins. So what kept you here? Why didn't you follow him to Idaho or why didn't you go to the California training center? That was actually a really hard decision, you know, knowing that my coach just, it was a very, it was a huge surprise that he had decided to take this position and leave. And I was in a a kind of a a funny situation where I had an injury. I wasn't performing well. I was at risk of losing my my contract because I wasn't performing well. So it really came down to what do I want? And I wanted to continue to perform well. And I knew that uprooting everything that I knew from just the friends that I had here, CSU, the support, you know, I was being, Mm -hmm. I was training there, you know, that was where I lifted. That was where I, you know, really got down in the trenches and was dying on the track every day. That was, that was home for me. And to leave that I felt was more of a, it was going to be more detrimental to my outcome in the end than it was to stay. So for me, it was, I needed to stay here, figure out a new coach or coach myself if I needed to, but here was where I needed to to make the change and to, you know, get healthy and all of that. Yeah. Vision was all about, you know, this was home for me and leaving it would have made it worse. And then fast forward, you did make it to the 2016 Olympics. I did. I ended up utilizing the CSU track and field coaches here. Um, I asked the jump coach to train me as well as the hurdle coach to, to train me. And so I had kind of dual coaches at the time and they were more than willing to help me. They were open. They understood kind of my situation that I was like on Rocky roads with my contract and they were willing to, to get down in the trenches with me and say, okay, let's do 
this. Let's start from scratch. Let's figure out a plan. What are we going to do to help you get to where you need to be to keep your contract and to have some more success in track and field? And so they really stuck behind me and allowed me to use the facilities and to do whatever it is I needed in order to to come back and make the 2016 Olympic team. Yeah. Quick question on the facilities at CSU. Um, I, I think, I mean, I know there's the track right off college, the track right there, kind of by uh, Cafe Vino right across the street. Yep. Did you used to run there? Is that, that's been, I feel like that's been there since I was a kid. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> and then they had the big, um, the indoor right down uh, College Avenue on the left-hand side. Mm-hmm. Uh, were, is that where you kind of did most of your training? When you yep, were- that's where all the magic happened. That's awesome. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. before we get into the 2012 Olympics and kind of going down that, I'd love to just get your thoughts. And I, also, I want to know where this bronze medal is in your house. You know, I'm, I'm really worried about that. Where that, But um, what, what, what advice would you give, you know, somebody that's, you know, looking to make an Olympic team and where they're trying to decide where to go to school and you decided to go to CSU. And that obviously was a amazing decision because you made the Olympics more than once. You won an uh, Olympic medal and you had a great support system. So what's some advice you would give some of these younger people that are in your shoes? And I, I know, holy cow, I know a lot of them would love to hear what you have to say about that. Yeah. Um, when it comes to making a, a really big choice like college, like where do you want to go to? I think the first thing is where do you feel like you can make a home because it's not mm. home. it's not yeah. where you came from it'll never it won't be the same coaches it won't be your same friends and all of that you're going to a totally new environment you have to go somewhere where you feel like I can make this what I need it to be to have success and so um, I know a lot of people have a lot of peer pressure family pressure to go to certain schools because oh it's my alma mater it's you know your your family went to this school you know whatever kind of pressures you you feel or, or scholarship at this other school you really got to just ignore everything that the other folks are saying and go what feels right for you where do you feel like you can establish a good team um, yep. where you connect with a coach because you know having a good relationship with your coach is important and where you feel like you you want to have your success at and that's yeah the, I mean, the biggest thing I think you can consider is am I going to feel like this is where you know where I'm going to have the most success at? I love that because like you just said like your coach left and if you go to a place strictly because of the coach like what happens when the coach leaves or if they leave you know, and now you're kind of stuck going, oh man, I don't really like this town or I don't really like, <laughs> you know, I don't, I don't like this community. And, and now you're kind of stuck there in some ways. Yep. Yeah. So that's a, that's a great point. And uh, I think it would be interesting conversation for, you know, people to have with themselves if they're coming to a community. And I've honestly always was wondering why Fort Collins doesn't do better because we are such a great place to live that like, how do we not get the great, the best recruits? But I also get it that our, call it our athletics. Now, granted, CSU has a phenomenal track program and volleyball program. While we don't have the best football or basketball, it sounds like where football is coming up in the ranks, but it would be, I've always thought, I'm like, man, why don't we get better recruits? Cause it's such a great place to live. But I know there's a lot of other, you like, I feel like that's, you know, I mean, the women's basketball team, the men's basketball team, um, I mean, those are getting better. I, I, you know, I, I, I always think about that too. And it's, I feel like, you know, I mean, obviously football is just like the moneymaker for universities. So it kind of like starts there and then everybody kind of like goes off that. But I do feel like that's changing. And I hope it's changing, you know, and I think I think Coach Norvell and it all kind of ties together, like the athletic programs and everything like that. And, you know, like rising tide rises all boats, you know, something like that. You know, I think so. I think hopefully that that's coming. But I got to ask about 2012 Olympics. First of all, track and field, like long jump. How did you 
choose the long jump? I guess my first thought was it just like, hey, I, it was natural for you. But how did you decide that was the direction you were going to go? It, I mean, it started back in high school. It was just kind of an event you you try and yeah. I was good at it. I mean, honestly, it was just I was pretty decent at it. I had some speed and I could carry it down off the runway and jump far. So yeah, where it started. I had some natural talent at it and then realized, hey, it's kind of fun to jump in the sand. And so as you start to figure it out and get a little further, a little further, that just kind of is its own motivation. So it was real easy to to go with the long jump because I was decent at it. <laughs> and, and so when you got to, when you knew you're going to the 2012 Olympics, like tell me a little bit about that. The opening ceremonies. I mean, there's very few people in this world that well, that have done what you've done. Yeah. Well, I have to go back because I okay, think, yeah, yeah, go back. I think it really started with the Olympic trials. That's okay. kind of where it really started for me. It was all about on Olympic years, athletes come out of nowhere. People you hadn't seen before, people you don't know who they are. They come out of nowhere and they are on point. They are, they're hungry. They want to make the team. They're going to be performing some of the best performances of their lives, doing this, running the fastest, jumping the furthest, throwing the far, furthest. So you, you always know. And that that's kind of the biggest barrier to making any team is can you get on the American Olympic team, the U.S. Olympic team? Because if you can do that, the chances of you actually meddling and being top three are very high. So it was just because the competition is so good. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. So just making the team was like, can I do this? That was my biggest barrier. The Olympics, I feel like once I get there, I'm good. I got this. But the team, making the team, that was the hard part. And so that year, and which no other year has it been as hard to make a team. But in 2012, it took over seven meters, over 23 feet just to make the team, which is- I'm reading it right here. It's crazy. It had never taken, you know, that far. And the fourth place jump would have won the Olympic trials any other year prior to. Oh my God. And so just getting, I mean, I remember not being able to eat, not being able to sleep, not necessarily stressing, but just ready and not being able to relax. Cause I'm like, I gotta make this team. I gotta make this team. And I remember, you know, there was a girl named Chelsea Hayes who we didn't know who she was. She was a college athlete who got second place, who jumped seven meters, 10 out of nowhere. And then Brittany Reese, we expected her to make it, but I also expected me to make it. And I had actually gotten third going into the trials um, or at the trials, but I was ecstatic because that was the, that was the biggest hurdle and obstacle that I'd ever come across before. And, and so, she jumped like 703 or seven, something like that. And the, and the fourth yeah. place jumped 699. So she was like yes. right behind it, for, me. for our less more. Portals, that's like 23 feet. 23 well, feet. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Feet. I'm like, I could jump, I could jump seven feet. I think. <laughs> <laughs> Got meters. Yeah. We're talking meters here, people. Meters, All right. Yeah. That's insane. Yeah. So that I mean, in and of itself, the Olympic trials was and is always one of the hardest competitions out there because the US team is hard to make. And so yeah. having made the team, it kind of felt like at the Olympics, oh, I'm going to win a gold medal. There's no way I'm not going to win this, you know? Um, so I went to the Olympics prepared, ready to win a gold medal. Like there was no, you couldn't tell me I wasn't going to win. That's how really? good I felt. And I remember going down the runway on, I don't even know if it was my like fourth jump. Fourth jump. My fourth jump. And I remember I hit the board and I landed and I was like, that's, that's my it. gold. That's <laughs> my gold right there. And a red flag went up. And oh. I was like, oh my gosh. Oh no. And it was like a toenail. It was a toenail. So they used the plasticine to decide if you make a mark on the plasticine, it's a considered a foul. It doesn't oh. matter whether they saw it or not, but if there's a mark on the plasticine. It is a foul. I was telling her for years to clip her nails. <laughs> she, didn't, she didn't listen. To me. And 
I looked at the plasticine. I saw a toenail. I mean, just a little nick in the plasticine. Who knows? It could have been there for all I know. But <laughs> I was about to say, who did you somebody not clean that off? I mean, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I remember thinking that was my gold medal jump. I jumped so far. I, I don't know what it was. I'll never know. Like like oh, they don't. They don't give you the 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 they distance. They don't give you a courtesy mark at all. No. <sighs> yeah. But I remember going, oh my gosh, that was it. And so I had two more jumps. I was in fourth place. I wasn't even in third place at the time. I was in fourth place. I was chasing that jump, knowing like, if I can just do that again, do that again, I'll make it. And so I was just trying too hard. I didn't relax. I made it harder for myself. And I went down on the fifth jump. It wasn't any further. And I remember going down on my final jump. I hit the board. I jumped 689. And thinking, oh my gosh, the girl in <laughs> the girl after me who has another opportunity to out jump me. And she was from Latvia. I remember, I remember thinking to myself, please foul this jump. <laughs> please foul this jump. Don't mark it or just don't jump far. I mean, I never wish, you know, ill will on anybody, but I sure wish that she just did not jump further than me. And she went down the runway. She jumped 688. So a centimeter shorter. Got, than got you in the third. Got me a third place jump. And I remember going, oh, thank God. And so, you know, I held my flag out. I was ecstatic on the surface, but deep down, I was very upset. Oh. I was very upset because I knew that my fourth jump was a gold medal jump. What what ended up being the distance for gold medal? Seven. It was 12. It was 712. Maybe that was what it was. And then 702 was silver. Sounds right. Do you remember who got gold and silver? Brittany Reese got gold and Daria Kushina. No. Oh, Svoboda. Yeah. Can't remember her name, but she's from As, Russia. But Svoboda. Was not. So American won gold, though. Mm-hmm. So you guys, so the national anthem got to play when you were on the podium. Exactly. It was almost like, hey, this is for me. <laughs> <laughs> so it was nice to see that. And of course, I support Brittany Reese. I was very happy for her, and then happy for me. And my bronze medal. A lot of people say, oh, is that a gold medal? I was like, oh no. But it kind of looks like gold, doesn't it? <laughs> Janae, that is like, that's the greatest. That's like one of the greatest stories I've ever heard. That is awesome. Well, Janae's always been, she's always been like a gamer, right? Like, and then like 2016 Olympics, Olympic trials, I should say, mm-hmm. you know, she had switched legs to her right leg and it was, I was not there. I can't remember. Real quick, what does that mean to switch legs? Like what leg you're launching off of? Yeah. So your plant leg, the leg you your jump plant off leg. Of. I had and switching legs before. is probably a big deal, I'm assuming. And it's a huge deal. Okay. Is uh, I mean, uh, probably the hardest thing you could do in the sport is switch a jump leg. I think like the it's story like, of her doing it is like one of like, would be very interesting, like a 30 per 30 type deal. Like, it, but track and field is such a small market, but it's, it's yeah. crazy. Like, well, dude. Imagine, you know, you're, a, you know, you write and do calligraphy. Yeah. And that's your job. Yeah. And you have an injury to your hand and now you need to switch the hand and it needs to be just as good. Oh my God. I, that it, would be very hard to do. I mean, it's got to be just as good or you're going to get fired. <laughs> so why, I'm why make the change? You just got, you got to change it up a little bit or. Um, I mean, it was, it was because of the injury. I was kind of forced to do it. I, oh, I, okay. could yeah, yeah, not, okay. I could not jump off of my left leg any longer. It was just too painful. It wasn't healing correctly. The flash wasn't there. I, yeah, I lost, you know, just the range of motion in the ankle. It, there was just no strength. It was difficult. So I had to switch. It was either switch or give up the sport. And I wasn't willing to give up the sport. God, so that I is so switch. But so the story that I was going to say is that she was at the trials. I was not able to be there for whatever reason. And I was listening or watching and it was, she was in fourth place or something like that, or not even maybe like seventh or eighth. Like I was not even a top 
Yeah. I yeah. Was it wasn't, <laughs> but it was her final jump and she jumped again off her right leg, jumped 699 or something like that to get jump up into third place. And I was just like, she's just, yeah. So she's a gamer. So when, before we jumped on the air, she goes, if it was like a workout competition, she would win. It's just because she just has this like switch. Like she just had like, like to lose. <laughs> she does not like to lose. No. I hate losing too. Yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, track and field is a, a losing game or a losing sport. You know, you just kind of, you lose most of the time, but that's how you get better. Is you That's know, how like, golf you, was for me. You're losing 98%. Actually, you lose a lot. That's <laughs> oh, still fun. You know, you still learn. Uh, that is so crazy today. So I, and so you got, third in the 2016 trials yes mm-hmm. and and did you and then but you didn't make the team in 2016 or did you i did oh you did okay yeah, okay top three and olympic a standard uh gets you to the olympics and it was in rio and i still was you know dealing with the the nagging injury of the left ankle and it not being 100 percent. and yeah so i didn't perform as well you know i didn't get to get up on the medal stand but I made two Olympics and off of two different feet. And the two more than I've made. By the way, where was the 2012 Olympics? In London. Oh, that was London. Oh, that's awesome. Okay. Yeah. So London in 12 and then Rio in 16. Okay. Talk about a juxtaposition of like Olympics. Like it's very unfortunate. I mean, I know Rio is like trying to like bring up this not a developing country, but their financial strain on them was just over. Like it was crazy. So there was, it just was not even close. And then London was just a world class. It's unfortunate that the world didn't get to experience Tokyo Yeah. to whatever level they could have because of COVID because Tokyo... I'm sure would have been amazing. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. But so to kind of, we'll, we'll bring this back. We were talking about this a little bit before we started recording. So, I mean, two time Olympian bronze medalist, you're now in Fort college. You got three kids and you're super competitive. And tell us, I like, you know, I have a six month old. My wife is super competitive. You know, let's kind of bring this full circle back to Fort Collins. But what's, um, I guess like, you know, are you going to like, I don't know how to say this because, you know, are you going to push your kids to do certain things? I mean, we want want them to be active and Fort Collins is amazing for outdoor activities. And you're a great example. You can go all the way and become one of the best athletes in the world. How are you approaching, you know, raising your kids in Fort Collins and having the background that you've had? And um, talk a little bit about that and kind of, you know, maybe they, you know, it's funny because maybe they won't like sports. Maybe they will like sports or, you know, it's a player or something. (laughs) Yeah. Like, you know, I just, I'd love to kind of, now you're, you're an amazing mother and and we just heard what you've done in the past and, you know, how do you kind of fit that into Fort Collins and raising kids? Um, Well, Fort Collins is a great place to raise kids. I mean, it's, it's very safe and uh, kid friendly, but in terms of, well, I think we have some pretty athletic kids. Um, I I think, yeah, you don't need to go out on a limb. Mostly my doing. Mostly my doing. Patrick, I tell my wife all the time, natural athlete. I'm a natural athlete, babe. Hand-eye coordination is there. I stopped growing after I was 10 years old. That's the only problem. (laughs) I think the best thing I can do is expose them to the sports and just, you know, athletics and our healthy lifestyle. You know, we like to get out there and hike and we go and, I mean, we have a park that's right next to our house. Um, We go to the gym every day. 
I think just exposure is the best way to allow them to figure it out, figure out what they want to do. They're so young right now that who knows what it is they're going to end up right. doing. But at least them having some experience with a little bit of everything will at least help guide them in a direction that they go, oh, either they they want to do a sport, like my kiddo does gymnastics and ballet and swimming and all these other things. And I, again, I don't think I'm going to be that parent that forces them into any one particular sport. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, they at least got to try it though, especially track and field like they are <laughs> right now. But I definitely want to help cultivate a love for athletics or, you know, just being healthy in general so that they can make their own decision and decide what they want to do. And I'll help support them in, in that endeavors. I love that. And, and I think four cards is an easy place to do that. Yeah. You know, it's easy to get them involved in these things and take them on hikes. And like, we got a huge park right down the street from our house. I'm like, I get to go throw the baseball with him when he can do this or hit, kick the soccer ball or do, you know, pretend to do the long jump and things like that. And I think that's one of the great things about four calls is it's just an easy place to live. And then it's an easy place to raise a healthy child and healthy family and it expose them to whether it's, you know, running and exercise or just, you know, eating healthy. I We've feel got, like, it, like this weekend and during the summers, they'll be our, this is our second summer. They're involved with carry track, which was around when I was growing up, mm-hmm. but now our kids are involved in it. And basically it's just, you know, there's, I think all the way up through high school, you can do it, but like lots of younger kids, all three and up is when you can start and Rocky's doing it now and Nola's doing it and it's her second year, but you Ooh, know, trying to do it. Yeah. And, and we went to Brighton two weeks weeks, three weeks ago, we went to Longmont two weeks ago, this weekend's in Fort Collins and it's half a Saturday, but like the opportunity for them to get out and get exposed to it has mm-hmm. been great. And I'll be really interested, Chris, to your question, as far as like, like I've told Janae, like when I was like, I grew up in Fort Collins and like Ryan Yoder, who successful business person here in Fort Collins was extremely successful at CSU, but you know, he had a little bit of an opportunity to play in the NBA. I think he played in their like summer league before it was like, over, you know, too popular, but didn't actually make the team. But that was like the best coach that I could get in Fort Collins for basketball, because that was just how small of a community. And now it's grown so much. And like Janae will obviously be able to be a phenomenal coach for our kids and maybe others, but definitely our kids. But like Fort Collins also now has like power to play and different facilities and professional coaches and just the growth of Fort Collins and the exposure and the opportunity for your kid to have coaches that have had, you know, world-class experiences is now much more available than when we grew up. Yeah, no, I, yeah, I totally agree. I mean, it's funny. I remember playing rec soccer. Remember the red jerseys, the red soccer oh, yeah, and, red and, and, patches and everything like that. <laughs> Like going back to the day, scored four goals in one game. So many more opportunities. And like, I think we're just scratching the surface because we have people that move in from out of town that like, are like, oh, you can do this, this and this. And like, how do you know this? Like, I've been here forever. (laughs) So like, there's so many things that we don't know that like, we have to explore and figure out out for our kids. Speaking of coaching. Obviously, you're going to coach your kids, but has, has CSU ever reached out to you about coaching? Well, I was doing volunteer coaching up until COVID. Okay. Um, okay. I was there, you know, most of the week with them doing long jump coaching, sprint coaching with the coaches there. I enjoy doing a lot of the coaching and stuff. Um, yeah. I don't know. It's it's, out, it's on the table. Something to consider doing. Um, well, you got you got a busy schedule right now. For a while. Yeah, yeah. Three kids and working. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty busy, but. I did a camp at one point, a sprint camp. 
And I, I, you know, I might resume it. I might go back to doing something like that just because I, I mean, track and field's my love. So, so what's anybody listening right now? And uh, what's a little, what, what is it like, uh, whether it's an exercise or a drill that, uh, you know, somebody who's looking in to get long jump or anything like that, you got a little, a little training a tip, little, <laughs> a little training tip, uh, fast <laughs> sprint speed is really what translates in, into distance. Okay. Yeah. So a good jumper is also typically a good sprinter. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which I don't know if he can really like, we, we have nephews that, and I just like, oh my God, are they going to get fast? Can you get, fa- how, how much faster can, that's a great question. I want to know can. how much yeah. faster can you get? Like if I am running X today, like there's also God placed limitations that's on us say. of how quickly my Definitely. legs can move, but how exactly can my legs move yeah. with training? Yeah. I mean, a certain, a certain, to a certain extent, talent plays a role in how fast you're going to be fast. We, twitch Patrick fast. and I already have that. We got the natural talent. <laughs> there you <so> go. <laughs> <laughs> and the other part of it is, is good old fashioned technique. And I mean, you know, sometimes people just don't know what that is and what that looks like. And so that has yeah. to be learned. And I had to learn that too. I was, you know, all my technique and form was just hideous prior to getting to college and then obviously post-collegiate and to professional world but there's a lot of digs that janae gives to me about my running form and like my things that i do with my athletic it's like i thought i was pretty good but i guess not so Boy, I mean, this uh, we could really go down a rabbit hole right now with uh, Patrick's running form, but uh, it's not horrible, but it's not. It good. could be better. It could, it could be, quite be better. A bit, quite a bit better. But yeah, I, I, I gotta say, wants me to coach him is the problem. <laughs> leave that to the, the kids. The kids. Although I did, Patrick, I saw that video of you doing that uh, standing jump. That yeah. was pretty impressive. That was uh, my my only ability is uh, I, we. I would say I'll, I'll be very interested to see how our kids turn out because like, one of the things that I think Janae. It is um, like I use Janae as an example of like not pushing my kids in sports. Now, granted, there's going to be sports like golf, baseball, hockey, like very skilled sports that you need to be grinding and putting in the time to be better at. But like to Janae's point earlier, what she said, she was a basketball player. And then she just happened to be extremely good at jumping far and, you know, extremely athletic. Yeah. And she she really didn't put the effort in really until her junior year in college, I think it was, that she's like, I could be good at this. So maybe I should try. (laughs) And so it's like to like to our kind of and I think we both agree with this as far as like raising our kids, like we're really not going to push like athletics and working out and training. Like if they want to do it, great. We're here for them and to be supportive of them. But like, we're not going to require like what we hear about kid, parents and down in Texas, of, like you're got to get in that batting cage for four hours a day and destroy our relationship with our kids. Like we want them to have fun. And I think they'll be naturally gifted, but yeah. you know, for, as far as how far they can take that, like Janae is an attest, like she can attest to, she well, didn't commit. I think, you know, when it, ter- when it comes to supporting your kiddos, they have to want to do it. You know, if you're going to force them to do anything at all, they're going to hate it. So so mm-hmm. just knowing that they have our support, I think will help them be successful in whatever they choose to do. I love it. I think we end it kind of right there. But well, Janae, first of all, you know, amazing athlete, everything like that, but an even better person. So I think that's the most important thing when it comes to, yeah, you know, well, you know I think the, the partner plays a big role in that of how good of a person she is. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't want to say that, but, you know, I a thousand percent agree with Patrick. <laughs> I, I am curious. I what? How your wife thinks. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. I, she's going to listen to this episode. I'm sure she will. And she's going to hear the running thing. And she's like, we got to, we got to do the run, the race. We got to race. 
So um, we don't we don't do a ton of drinking, but we do that we ask our guests is yeah. where would you prefer a beer on a patio? And I'm curious because maybe we don't go there all that often. Then maybe we could. Would I prefer a beer on a patio? What patio would you or what is your favorite beer? You could answer that. Or what patio would you enjoy spending like a summer afternoon drinking a beer on? Hmm. What I've just realized is most of our guests are not Olympic athletes because they always <laughs> have an answer right away. Yeah, I'm not a big drinker, but I do like a, a good wheat beer. Okay. Like orange or lemon in it. A little blue moon. A blue moon for sure. Yep. Uh-huh. Hit it on the head right there, That's Chris. All right. Yeah. And honestly, my back patio, my backyard. I like to be in the backyard, have a beer with my family, friends. That's the place I'd rather be. I love that. It's been a couple answers like that, honestly. Like, yeah. My back, which I like, it's your safe spot. I'll, I'll tell you right now. I'll, yeah, I love my back patio, especially well, you after the big renovation it. on yours, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, it's all done and it looks great. Sit back there and oh, nice. oh, just look at my zucchinis. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, great. Well, I hey. appreciate you joining us, Chris, in this conversation. It's always interesting to sit close to her and hear her perspective on these things because you know I know the intimate details, but it's, it, she's very, I would say very transparent. These are all things that we've had conversations with, so not hiding anything. So thanks for, for joining us. Yeah, Janae, I love it. Thank you so much. That, I just hear that story about the Olympics. That was awesome. That was so cool. <laughs> yeah, thank you.